welcome to another episode of Making Sense with Nidia. I am Nidia, your host with the most. Today we are recording our third episode, and it's an episode I'm very excited to do because it is featuring scary shit. So before I get into that, I just wanted to say thank you all for listening, for sharing, for giving me feedback. You guys have been so nice. I can't I can't say thank you enough because it's way more than I expected. I know, I'm probably going to say this all the time, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, this topic is your scariest experience. I wanted real deal. No paranormal. It's not time for that yet. And if you know me in real life, you know that I am obsessed with Halloween and just supernatural and scary stuff. But this is not it. I wanted real life scary. And you all delivered. So thank you very much. Before I get into the stories, I wanted to kind of give you guys a background of where this came from. I am obsessed with Twitter. And there was a Twitter thread once where women were discussing how they that we, I'm sorry, they, like I'm not a woman, uh, women were discussing how we do things differently than men and certain things we have to do because more than likely a woman is going to get either sexually harassed, molested, or, uh, you know, targeted by creeps. So I had an idea that I wanted to do a podcast where I literally just talked about that, but that's not enough content for me. Then I discovered a podcast that even though that's not what this person is going for, there is a lot of it. There's a lot of women just talking about creeps. Uh, It's called Let's Not Meet. And it's a Reddit thread where people write in their stories of real life encounters that were really scary. And you never want to meet with this person again. It's so good. I highly recommend it to anybody who likes like true crime or scary stories. Again, it's not supernatural stories, but they are so much more scarier than a supernatural story because it's real and more than likely you are going to relate, which is the scariest part. And that's why they're real scary stories. So that's kind of what the idea of this episode is. And let's, so now that you know the background, you know what you're getting into, let's get started. Now, I don't know if you all remember, but in the first episode, I talked about experience I had where I was blamed for a perv touching me for wearing a skirt. That was my first experience where I was just scared. Skin is crawling. You're rooted to a spot. You can't breathe. That kind of scared. I was 16 years old. I was a sophomore in high school. And I was waiting for the bus around 7 p.m., I believe. I think it was 7 p.m. I had just gotten out of practice for choir. And I usually would get a ride from my friend, but I think my friend had to go to work. So I took the bus home. And I just want to say my parents never gave me a ride anywhere. It was like pulling teeth to get them to take me anywhere. So I would take the bus everywhere at any time. So this was nothing new. I was used to it. And I was waiting for the bus stop that was, I was waiting at the bus stop that's in front of Carl's Jr. on 43rd Ave and Camelback, if you're familiar with the area. I was waiting for the bus that 
heading southbound because I lived on 43rd Avenue Thomas. And that night, there was no one else at the bus stop. Of course, it was dark. And I was on my phone waiting. And I hear something pull up and I thought it was the bus, but it was it sounded too light to be a bus. Sure enough, it was this perv in a van. And I want to say it was a taxi van, like a ghetto taxi van, because I didn't recognize the company he was driving for. And he pulls his window down and tells me like, do you need a ride? I say no. He says, you shouldn't be out here. Come on, I'll give you a ride. It'll be free. I'm like, no creep. Kick rocks. Nicely, because women, girls have been taught to be nice, even when you really should be rude. So I was like, no, thank you. The bus will be here soon. Blah, 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 blah. Keeps insisting, insisting. Finally, I think he leaves because the van leaves. This fucking bus is running late. Still not there. And I hear somebody stepping on the rocks behind me. Sure enough, this creep comes. And I am standing up against the bus stop wall because they had like an like a wall where they would put ads in it and and he sits down I'm like fuck really and he's like why don't you want to ride you you don't live far I'm sure you don't live far I'm like no thank you the bus will be here soon I just keep repeating the bus will be here soon and he keeps saying you really shouldn't be out here by yourself I'm like you fucking think And he keeps edging forward to where I'm at. And you guys, for the life of me, I think it was just the fear I had that rooted me to the spot, but I wouldn't move. And he keeps getting closer and closer. And he's like, come on. I tell him, no, it's okay. The bus is coming. I'm okay. And I am about to call. I think, I don't remember. I think it was going to call my mom or my stepdad. And this fucking perv reaches out and puts his hand inside my skirt and reaches up and basically grasps my whole thigh. And I freak out and jump and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Who the fuck do you think you are? You need to fucking leave. I'm calling the cops right now. And he's like, calm down. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. You're just so pretty. I'm like, you gotta go. I'm calling the cops. And I'm like calling 911. I'm lying. I'm calling my stepdad. I don't know why my dumbass didn't call 911. But I called my stepdad and he leaves. But by the time my stepdad answers, I'm in full-blown tears. I can't even breathe. I've never had anything like that happen to me before. So I just, I couldn't believe it. And right as I get on the phone with him, my dad's like, oh, my stepdad's like, I'm picking you up right now. I'm like, no, the bus is already here. Literally, the bus got there. And the bus driver sees me crying and just tells me to get inside. And I get inside and I am freaking the fuck out. And still just couldn't believe what happened. And when I freak out or get really excited, I shake. So I was shaking the whole way home. So my stepdad meets me at the bus stop that I have to get off on. 
And he's like, are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. But he's already called the cops. I don't know why I didn't call the cops. Like I said, I just, I don't, I froze. And then, as you know, the cops were called. My mom said it was because I was wearing a denim skirt. I shouldn't have been wearing a skirt. And for the next few days, I do see the cops at, I don't know if, again, if you're familiar with the area, you will know, but there is a Home Depot right behind the bus stop I was at. So for the next day, next few days, whenever my mom started picking me up, of course, whenever we would pass by there, I would see the cops. There would always be a cop there circulating the area. Of course, they never found the guy because my dumbass didn't think to check for the license plate, didn't seem to get a good like description of what he looked like. I was freaking out. So I was no help to the cops, but that was my first experience. This experience totally changed that naive, stupid girl that I was, where I was rooted to the spot, where I didn't know what to do, where I called my stepdad first. That is totally not me anymore. And after that one time, I was done so. Like, I am that woman who's like, no, you never talk to strangers. You you don't have to be nice. It's fuck off, go away, be ready to call 911, carry this, carry that because of that experience I had. I tell that to my younger cousins all the time, all the girls, because it's so important to me that they understand these creeps are going to come at you with, oh, let me take you home. You shouldn't be out here by yourself. It's too cold. It's so dark. Some bullshit like that. And because we've been taught to be nice and to be respectful, it's like, no, you have to be a bitch from the beginning. You cannot be fucked with the end. Whew. Okay. That was my first one. My second experience was when I was 17. I had fresh out of high school. I was visiting Krishan on a Saturday. She lived right by Apollo High School, like literally down the street from Apollo High School. It was a Saturday morning where I went to go visit her and I spent all morning with her and then I had to go. I think I went into work at four and I needed to leave that place around two so that I could make it all the way to work, have lunch, get ready. So I left that area around two or probably like 150. We would hang out by this park and you would have to take like small streets to get to the main street where the bus stop was at. So I was taking one of the smaller streets. I was walking and my dumbass was listening to my iPod with both headphones in. It was the middle of the day. Like not think anything of it. So I was walking to the bus stop and I see these cars like head my way and pass me. It was a red Durango. But at the time, y'all, I was so fucking stupid. I had no idea what any car was called. Never even looked at a car that went that way. I just knew what I had at home, like what my parents had. And that was it. No clue about cars. I was that dumb. So, but now I know it was a Durango. 
is a red Durango that passed me and a white, uh, yeah, it was a white Honda Civic. The Honda Civic looked cleaner and newer, but the Durango was definitely older. So they passed me and I didn't care. I thought, well, this is a street. That's what cars do. And then they stopped. But because listening to the iPod, I did not pay attention that they had stopped and parked. And I kept walking. So I was listening. <laughs> I can't get over this. But as I was almost getting to the main road, I don't even see it. I don't even hear it. I just feel a tug, somebody tugging at hard, like my shoulder fucking hurt. Somebody tugged at my purse and I look back and I'm so stupid. I held on to my purse, but my headphones came completely out. And he, this guy who was wearing sunglasses, he was he, I'm uh, now that I'm older, I know his fucking ass was about 21, 22. I know his ass was Hispanic mixed. I know he was like a cholo wannabe. I know now he was, he was probably like around five, five, eight, five, nine, because he was about the same height as my stepdad, who was skinny. He was wearing a white shirt and like khaki shorts. And he's pulling on my purse and he's not saying anything. And I'm like, no, no, no. Finally, he's like, let fucking go. And I'm fighting him for my purse. And he finally takes it. And what do I do? I run after him. Fucking hate running. But I ran so fast. I was shook at how fast I was going. I was literally almost up to him. Like I kept reaching with my hand, almost touching him. And then I saw the two cars that had passed me. He was driving the Durango and his friend was driving the Honda Civic. And his friend was waiting for him at the Durango, like had the door ready. And he jumps in and he, like, he opens the door and he jumps into the Honda Civic. And I'm like, no, 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 give me back my purse. Y'all, there wasn't even that much shit in there. I my My first reaction was to get my purse back, even though everything in that purse was replaceable. And so they drive off and I look at that, at the, I tried to see the, because the Honda Civic left first and then the Durango followed him. So I tried to look at the Durango's license plate, uh, but he's, they had smeared it with mud so you couldn't see anything. And I'm freaking the fuck out, still running and I'm crying and I'm freaking out because I'm like, my phone was in there and these stupid little kids are outside watching the whole thing happen. And I'm like, can I use your phone? And they're just fucking looking at me, literally looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, did you not just see what happened? And I'm like, I need to call the cops. And the stupid kids are just looking at me. These fucking kids are probably like 10, 12 years old. I'm like, fuck you guys. Keep running. And then... I realized my fucking phone is in the back pocket of my jeans. So I take out my phone. I call 911. I tell them I've been robbed. <laughs> and I laugh because I'm like, is that the correct term? Because I always associate now like robbed with your home. 
But yeah, I tell them I've been robbed and they tell me to go to the nearest public place, which is the Circle K. And I've been running for so long, I'm already at the Circle K. And then I call Krishan and I tell her what happened and she comes right away. And she gets there as soon as the cops get there. The cops were already like in the surrounding area. And I tell them what happens, what happened. And the girl at the Circle K, the cashier at the Circle K gives me a water and I think chips. I was so shaken up by the whole ordeal that I don't even remember. I don't even remember drinking the water, eating what she gave me. I just remember her telling me, you're so lucky nothing else happened. And I was like, what the, the, what the fuck does that mean? But again, I was so naive and so stupid. I was so naive and stupid. I didn't know. I didn't think anything of it when it happened. But when the police got there, they said basically the same thing she said. And it's probably a gang initiation. And I'm lucky that all that was taken was my purse and that I wasn't taken myself or that I wasn't harmed or that his initiation was to kill someone because I would not be here. I was so shaken up by it. But that one, that experience has not only given me PTSD, but it has given me like so much awareness. I don't listen to both headphones unless I'm in my own home in my bed and Krishan is there or I'm on a plane or I'm at an airport. I'm wearing headphones right now that are noise canceling, but it's specifically for the podcast. Uh, sometimes at the gym, I will wear noise canceling headphones, but only if the back of me is a wall. Unfortunately, it's kind of embarrassing, but anytime I don't see something on my side, um, on my, what is it, peripheral vision, if I don't see something coming and all of a sudden you're there, I will more than likely jump or be like super scared. And a lot of people will be like, oh my God, or you're not even doing anything bad. Like at work, it happens a lot because my desk is faced kind of weird. So my coworker will pull up beside me and I will jump and she'll be like, you're not even doing anything on your computer. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's totally not that. I don't give a fuck what you see on my computer, but it's not that at all. One time uh, I was walking from my actual like desk job to where we have to park, which which was the distance. And even though Krishan was with me, a guy came from behind me. <sighs> He's he works at the hospital. He was wearing he was just, he was a nurse, and the worst of it all was that he was black. So I I the way he looked at me almost looked like I hurt him, and I'm sure I did, and I couldn't say I'm sorry enough to him I just he was like I'm not gonna do anything to you he's like no no, I work with you you know like no 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 I'm so, I he's he kind of freaked and he was like I'm not gonna I'm not that guy I'm like I'm so sorry it's not you it's an experience I had and now I'm so sorry that's all I could say and I felt so bad but that's kind of what that that experience gave me all of that and it gives me anxiety like sometimes when I talk about it thinking about it but I am grateful to both experiences because I am very I've handled situations very differently that have happened and other situations that could be familiar seem so minimal now to me because I know how to handle them. 
but yeah, those were my scariest experience where I just, I was scared for my life and they helped me become more aware and just uh, not be so stupid. This story I'm going to be sharing comes from our friend, Brianna. She wrote in and said, one was a really bad car accident I was in when I was pregnant. I blacked out and don't remember being anywhere near there and woke up after the ambulance and people were helping me. Definitely top one. I feel like it messed with my memory since then. Another one was when we were in Las Vegas and thought we heard gunshots and all these people started running away from them. The whole casino floor trying to get out. It was hysteria. We ended up getting trampled on. Finally, we were able to get up and we all ran outside. I lost my shoes and we jumped into a limo. Didn't care who was in there. And Francisco's sister ended up going to the hospital. It was insane. Francisco is her husband, by the way. Uh, we got back to our hotel and Snoop Dogg walked by in pink pajamas. Francisco pushed his bodyguards out of the way and shook his hand. Crazy night. <laughs> I like how she ended that with Snoop Dogg. Super cool. But honestly, when I read this, I couldn't believe it because she gave me two of my biggest fears. I am super fearful of being in a car accident and being responsible for somebody and waking up having no clue what just happened. That scares me so much. And my second one is, honestly, I think this the second one that she mentions is my first fear, which is a mass shooting. I can't even imagine the position she, they were in because whenever I go to a movie theater, I literally have to look at all the exit points. I only go to certain movie theaters and they have to have recliners and they have to be leather because bed bugs. But um, I will look and see how, like I will feel, not, not all the time I will look, but most of the time I will feel to see how much space there is so that I could like get into the recliner. And what else? I have like a checklist of what I do when I'm at the movie theater. I And also a very important tip I give people is that people, mostly I just have given it to my family members, is that if you are ever, God forbid you are, but if you are ever in that position and you there's a mass shooting, make sure like if there's blood around that you put blood on yourself so that the shooter thinks that they shot at you and they leave you alone. I think of that too, like how dark it's in the movie theater, how more than like, how close could I really do that? Like, could I really reach over? And, you know, I think of all those things. I try not to, cause it's like, bitch, you're there to see a movie, but I just can't help it ever since the Dark Knight premiere and the Colorado shooting. And I know it's not just uh, movie theaters, but in general, it just, that's like the first thing I think about when I go into a movie theater and I'm sitting there, I start doing the checklist and I look at everything and I just assess shit. And uh, Brianna experienced it. So I just think that is wild. Uh, it turns out that the shooting wasn't real, but it nevertheless, that is extremely scary. So thank you so much, Brianna, for sharing that Snoop Dogg ending was the best. 
Okay, I have two that I'm going to share with you from our friend Shala. Uh, this was a couple of years ago. Harley used to live with me. Harley is her man. Harley used to live with me and my mom, so we were going to the store one evening. After when we were heading home, there's this hill called Blueberry Hill. As we were coming up to it, I noticed this light on the hill. I asked Harley, what is that? We got closer to my, we got closer to my shock. It was a flipped over vehicle. In a panic, I automatically told Harley to stop. We both got out to see if anyone needed help. We looked in the vehicle. All we noticed is a car seat in the ride. So we thought maybe a child is hurt. So we looked around and we saw a woman wrapped around this wooden pole that is used for fences. Uh, the fences had barbed wires on it. We went over to her and saw that she was still breathing, but it looked like shallow breaths. We literally had no idea what to do. I called the police like three times and they kept telling me that someone is on their way. And I was like, hurry up. Someone is badly hurt. We didn't know what to do. And I remember someone telling me before that if a person is hurt, you're not supposed to touch them because you don't know if that person is internally bleeding and to wait for someone who knew what they were doing. So we didn't do anything. That was the scariest night of my life. I witnessed someone passing away and I felt so helpless because I didn't know CPR or any life-saving techniques. Whenever we drove by there, whenever we drove by, there's a dent in the fencing and it always reminded us of that night. Oh, when I read that, I couldn't believe it. I think I read it twice just to make sure like, oh my God, I've never experienced like an accidental death. Uh, the only death I've experienced was my grandpa's, but that we knew he, it was coming, but I've never had anything like this. This one was crazy. I can't, I can't, I would have done the same. I would have felt so helpless. Okay. So her next one. Oh my God, here we go. So wild. When I was in sophomore year in high school, I was acting like a brat a day, one day. For some reason, I didn't want to take the bus. I wanted to chill out with friends after school. So I called my mom at the last minute, asked her to pick me up. And she was like, no, I'm busy doing errands in town and it might take a while. Mind you, I was already like, it was already like five in the evening and the sun was starting to set. So me being a brat, I got mad and told her I'll just walk home. And she was against it as she should. So I was like, fuck this. How hard can it be? I started walking. The sun was directly on my face. It was hot as fuck. And there was this little hill I had to walk up on. Your girl was struggling hard, had no water, not wearing the right clothing for the weather. And all I had was my backpack full of school things. So I made it on top of the hill, not even halfway there, and a small truck pulled over. It was an older, maybe 30, 40-ish Navajo guy asking me if I wanted a ride home. Now, it was hot as fuck. I had no water. I was dying, so I didn't even think twice when I said yes. So I got into his truck. He asked, what was I doing walking? I told him I was walking home from school. So at this point, as I'm starting to cool off, I'm slowly realizing what I had done after years of my mom telling me not to talk to strangers or accept rides. I kind of start to panic a little. So I told him, it's okay. It's just drop me off at the road and I can walk home from there. Luckily, he was, a, he was actually a nice guy, gave me water and an orange to keep me hydrated. 
He did drop me off at the road and I walked back to my home. Once I got home, my mom got got back and I'm and she was pissed. Her and my older brother ripped me a new one. I was a stupid teen thinking that nothing happened to me, so it's okay. Now I look back on it knowing about missing native women slash children and think about how fucking lucky I was that the guy didn't do anything else. It's scary to think back on that. I was scared in that truck, but I made it home safely. I learned my lesson from that point and have never done it again. Whoo, that story could have gone south so fast and I would have never met Shala. That shit is wild. I think that's another thing that when I think of my like nieces and nephews, like, oh my God, please don't talk to strangers. Don't accept a ride. Don't be nice to strangers. It's it's scary. But I'm so glad nothing happened to her and he was a really nice guy. Thank you, Shala, for sharing. Our next one is from our friend Kim. She shared with us, when I was nine, this guy who was in his late 30s would come to our neighborhood to hang out with the kids. I never thought anything bad of it until one day he asked to come over while my parents were at work and I let him. He set up a bubble bath for me and said, okay, it's ready. At that moment, I started to get really nervous. My mom opened the door right after and said, oh, what are you doing here? to that guy. And he darted out of our house so fast. I didn't understand how dangerous that could have been until now. And I really mean it when I say my mom is my guardian angel, because that isn't the first time she saved me from something. Here I'm thinking I'm just so innocent because I was just a kid. Now I can't even imagine what could have happened. Oh, guys. I also read that story like twice, maybe three times, because I couldn't believe how far that pedal guy came, like asking to come in, doing a bubble bath. Like she was nine. I, I don't know. It's wild. And the reason why I like had to triple read her story is because, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast in that Let's Not Meet podcast I listened to, there's so too many. There are too many stories like hers where there's this pedo, this pedo guy who does some ish like that and it's just the nerve. You know, it's just, oh my goodness, it's so hard to imagine that and I can't think of what goes through these people's minds and I can't imagine people who have actually gone through a pedophile in their life like that do something to them like <sighs> the trauma if you have if you've ever experienced that i'm so sorry but yeah that was i'm so glad claim shared that one because it's so important to talk about these pedophiles and how they could be like that somebody that you think when you're a kid you think that like, no big deal this is just some person they seem really nice because when you're a kid everybody is nice and you're supposed to be nice. Uh, I just hope every parent is teaching their children not to talk to strangers and not to be nice to strangers. But anyway, thank you, Kim, for sharing. So sorry you had to go through that. And thank you to your mommy for saving you because we would not, what, we don't know what could have happened. And I'm so glad that did not happen to you. My last and final story is actually my mom's and I'm going to retell it in my own way because she told it to me in Spanish when I was 
probably in high school. And then she reminded me again. My sister reminded me again of the story. So my mom, when she was 12, apparently my mom, this is maybe, maybe that's why I had to take the bus. But apparently my mom would take the bus with her friends and her siblings. And there was a time probably... Uh, no, I'm sorry. There was a time when she was 12 where she took the bus. And I believe, she, I don't remember who she was taking it with, but she was taking it with somebody else. And the buses there where she's from were always jam-packed, like the subway in New York type of jam-packed, like the subway in Tokyo kind of packed. Uh, so people were literally on top of each other. And she said that she was resting her hand on like a railing. And she was talking to, I don't remember if it was a friend or one of her siblings, but she was talking to somebody. She was looking away from where her hand was resting on the railing when all of a sudden she felt something on her hand that was like clammy and different. And she didn't know what it was. So she turned around and this perv creep that was standing up because, you know, she's 12, so she's short and her hand is on the railing. He put his penis, whipped it out, put it on top of my mom's arm. My mom said she freaked out, took her hand off, and thankfully the bus was coming to a stop and she ran out of the bus. She could not be there any second longer. She says that was very traumatizing. She remembers that all the time. She just like, I'm pretty sure this has happened to everybody that shared something like this, that you even remember what you were wearing. But yeah, she shared that. She also shared um, when she was also around 12, everything happened to her around 12. She was obsessed with her sister's gold bracelet, this big gold bracelet that my her sister would, of course, say no. And finally, one day she decided, I'm going to wear this fucking bracelet. I don't give a fuck. And hit it and took it. And... She said that she was headed home and she took a shortcut where she was told that is not a recommended way because sketchy people would hang out there. And of course, the sketch guy, which who was, I guess, like the criminal of that area was hanging out there by himself and she had to pass and she was hoping he wouldn't see her hand. But I guess the bracelet was pretty big. So he saw the bracelet and pulled my mom's hair, dropped her to the ground and took the bracelet. My mom said she laid on the ground, so shaken up by it for a bit. And then she quickly got up and ran all the way home and didn't tell anyone anything because she was not supposed to have been wearing that bracelet. So two days later, my grandmother and my aunt were looking for the bracelet and they were asking, you know, where the bracelet was. And so finally my mom told them what happened and she thought she was going to get in trouble. But of course my grandma and my aunt were just so shook at the fact that she came so close to death because apparently this criminal would kill for money. So they, of course, brushed it off no big deal, told her, reminded her again, don't go through there. <laughs> when she told, when she retold this story, because I remember this when I was really, really young, she told this story. But then when she reminded me of the story again, I remember thinking like, oh my God, 12? Like I was 17 when that happened and I was so traumatized at 12. I would have been even more traumatized. Anyway, 
I hope you all enjoyed these stories. And if you've never had an experience like this, I am so glad you haven't. But more importantly, I hope you learned something from these stories. I hope all you girls, I know I'm, I'm singling out the girls, but I hope all you girls are carrying around pepper spray or a taser or a gun. You need to be protected. Protect yourselves because there are so many creeps and just so many bad people out there. And I will say this again, you don't have to be nice to strangers. You can be rude and you can ignore people. And don't be don't be afraid to call 911. Don't be afraid to overreact. It's better to have overreacted than not reacted at all. Anyway, thank you all so much for sharing your stories. This one was so you guys were fast. I got these stories within the first day. So thank you very much. You guys are the best. And I will talk to you guys on the next podcast. Make sure you're following our Instagram so that you know what the next topic is and so you can share.